Um, so if there is an unbelievable athlete, but a, an NCAA Division One school can't get them down to, to where costs are going to be affordable, where are they going to go? They're going to go to they're the NAIA an, or a Division yeah. Two school where or, it is or, or they're going to be gonna... If you're not one of the best athletes in your sport, in your country, then you can forget about going to Division One, especially the, the, the top, top 50. 50. Yeah. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another great episode of the NSR podcast. Got some quality information to share with you today. Uh, hopefully everyone out there is, is throwing their support behind the Socceroos as well. Two games left and we'll hopefully qualify for a fourth consecutive World Cup. Um, Tim Cahill is a machine, by the way, 37 years old and still scoring goals for the national team. But hopefully everyone out there is cheering them on, no matter what sport you play. Don't forget to jump on our Facebook page, uh, NSR Australia. Uh, all you have to do is jump on Facebook, search NSR Australia, uh, to stay up to date with all of our athletes in the US and everything NSR. So make sure you jump on our Facebook page and give it a like. Uh, now this week's episode, uh, we'll be speaking about the NCAA Division One mostly. We'll be asking the question, am I a Division One athlete or are you a Division One athlete? So this one is mainly more for the, the athletes on the program, but I guess parents feel free to listen in because it will obviously help you understand the system as well. Uh, now, this question comes up daily. Uh, so in to speak about this, we have our head prospect manager again, Matt Wade, who is incredibly knowledgeable on the divisions of, of collegiate sport. Matt, welcome back to the podcast yet again. Jacob, great to be back, my friend. Thank you for having me again. So let's explain what this question actually means, because I think a lot of people get a little bit confused, especially here in Australia and New Zealand, with the divisions and systems within the United States and sort of how they actually work. Uh, so here in Australia, we're used to a system in where Division One is, is obviously the highest, then Division Two, then Division Three, and that just it makes sense. It's logical. Uh, however, in the United States, it's not necessarily how it works. So do you want to quickly sort of break down the, the five main divisions and explain why they are labeled the way they are. Yeah, certainly. So, look, this is definitely a question that comes up on a daily basis, uh, and, and there is a lot of confusion around the topic. And the reason is it's, is because it's human nature, and, it, and it's logical to believe that Division One is the best, yeah. and then Division Two and Division III. Um, a lot of people think that college sport is only Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, whereas... There's actually a lot more happening throughout the U.S. college system than just Division One, Two, II, and Three. That's only one competition, and that's the NCAA, so the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Now, you've also got the NAIA, which is the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. You've got the NJCAA, which is the National Junior College Athletic Association. Um, you've also got the CCCAA, which is the California Community College Athletic Association. You've got the NWAC, which is the Northwestern Athletic Conference. You've got the USCAA, which is the United States Collegiate Athletic Association. So a few more than five main divisions. Yeah, yeah, a little more than five. Um, but those are the ones, I guess, that, that, are, that are most common. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also the, the National Christian College Athletic Association, so the NCCAA. <laughs> so Just to make things more good. That's it. Like, I mean, the, the, basically what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot more than what people realize. Uh, and, and when you think it's only Division One, Two, and Three, uh, then it's easy to sort of get confused and, and, and sort of tripped up, I guess, when it, when it comes to the thinking that you want to be in Division One as opposed to Division Three. Well, look, 
divisions are separated by the size of the institution. So when it comes to a team competing in Division One as opposed to Division Three, Division One may have you know fifteen thousand students or more, whereas Division Two and Division Three are going to have smaller schools. Um, so basically, when it comes to the recruitment of athletes, they want to be sure that the teams that one school is competing against are, are basically of the same size, so that they have the same resources when it comes to uh, the the funding and 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 the the money that they can give to student athletes in the recruitment process. So basically, look, there is some truth in, in the fact that Division One is, is, you know, it's the best. Um, when, when you look at the top 50 Division One programs in the United States, pretty solid. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're talking, if you don't represent your country at, at a senior level, you're not like, at least be like for soccer, you know, a, a Joey. Um, you know, for, for hockey, be be a hockey roo or junior hockey roo, a Matilda. If you're not representing your country in, in New Zealand as a black stick or, you know, as a white fern or um, – uh, uh, pardon me for not knowing all the, the nicknames. But, like, if you're not one of the best athletes in your sport in your country, then you can forget about going to Division One, especially the, the, the top, top 50. 50. Yeah. That's, that's something that, that – People need to really understand. I think the the reason why people want to go Division One is because that that's that's the easiest thing to Google. You know, oh, best soccer school or best hockey school, best basketball school. Oh, well, it's going to come up with a, with an NCAA Division One program. It's going to come up with North Carolina. Michael Jordan went to North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's going to come up with <clears throat> Stanford. Tiger Woods went to Stanford. Like, are you Tiger Woods? Are, are are you that good? Because if if you want to go to Stanford or Harvard or any of those major schools that you're talking about, you need to be one of the absolute best breaking world records at the Olympics in your country. You need to be yeah. You need to be a Commonwealth Games athlete, like at a junior level. Yeah. You you need to be the best. Yeah. And and so are you a Division One athlete? Well, look, the the top fifty Division One is in its own sort of category now. The rest of Division One, you know, that, that that may be up for up for debate because not every Division One program is the same, you know. And, and people think that okay, Division One is gonna, you know, they'll they'll beat any team in Division Two. Wrong, all right. <laughs> like there, there's no such thing as a high level Division Two and a low level Division One. Yeah. Like or, or or somebody coming to me and saying, look, I'd like to be in a, you know, in a low level Division One, high Division Two. No, that doesn't make sense. It, no, it, that does not make any sense because a high-level Division II program is going to be having the same athletic output and, and, and the same sort of competitiveness than the majority of Division I programs, but they're just going to be smaller institutions. Yeah. Same thing in Division Three. You're going to get a high level of participation and a high level of competition in Division Three. You're going to get a high level of competition in the, in the best schools in the NAIA. You're going to get a high level of competition in the best schools in, in the junior college system, whether that be the NJCAA, the California Community College Athletic Association, or the Northwestern Athletic Conference. Like, Every single division is going to have teams that are competing at a very, very high level, and they're also going to have teams that are competing at a low level. And if one team is fabulous and and very high level in one sport, it doesn't mean that every single sport that that school has is going to be competing on that same level. They're going to have a top-ranked golf 
team, for example, uh, in the top ten, but their soccer team might be not ranked at all and all exactly or garbage. Exactly. Like, I mean, you've got some Division One programs that you know they're they're fantastic schools. They're great big schools, but they're not competitive in any of their sports. Yeah. Like, like, why would you want to go to a school just because it's a Division One school if yeah. you're going to get you know beat on yeah. week after week yeah. after week it, yeah. it, it just you know but but again i don't i don't blame anyone in australia for thinking that because again it, it's human nature to believe that division 1 is is the best the the fact of the matter is that it, it's it's very difficult to go to a division 1 school right out of the gate like straight the, away yeah yeah exactly the the us system is designed in a way to to help kids progress in their sport like if someone starts at a Division One school, great. If they don't start at a Division One school, that doesn't mean that they can't get to a Division One school. And in no way is that going to hinder their overall opportunity. So yeah. that's one thing that I think people need to keep in mind. So just to reiterate, the names or the category of the division really doesn't have too much of a bearing on the competitiveness of like the sports teams. It's more to do with the institution itself and the size, the population, revenue they bring in. However, as you mentioned, the the NCAA, like the top sort of fifty schools in in the Division One, those are, are going to have yeah, they're going to have they, they are higher caliber none, athletes. They are the best, exactly, and they have a little bit more money to spend as well, so they can attract the higher caliber athletes. Um, but in saying that, they can't attract all of them because coaches are obviously working within a budget. Um, so if there is an unbelievable athlete, but a, an NCAA Division One school can't get them down to to where costs are going to be affordable. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to they're the NAI to an, or a Division yeah. Two school where or, it is or going to be gonna, affordable. They're going to go to a school that can give them the money. Yeah, you know, like th- that's that's the one thing. You know, Division One, like when you look at the best Division One programs, they can have any athlete in the world that they want. Yeah, like th- they can literally go after and spend money on any athlete in the world. And when you're looking at a roster of maybe you know twenty to thirty students in total from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. What makes you, from Australia or New Zealand, yeah. or anywhere else for that matter, think that you're that athlete yeah. that, that's going to get the scholarship? You're that one yeah. that, that... And we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little yeah, bit in, yeah. in the but, next segment. But, and, and, and again, it's just, you know, they, they can literally choose anyone that they want. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, look, uh, again, Division One. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from, from the fact that, that those top Division One schools are, are something special. Ridiculous, because, yeah, yeah th- those, are, those are, you know, again, U23 national-level athletes. These are kids mm-hmm. that compete in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, these are, that is the level that you need to be on if you believe that you should be a Division One athlete. Plain and simple. Like, you, you need to be representing your country in your sport. Yeah. Now, everyone wants to go to the NCAA Division One, as we said, because it's what we see and hear on TV and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we hear it every day in the office, and that's all well and good. Like, we want you to go to a, a big Division One school. I wish I had to go to a big Division One school in, in the NCAA. But it can be very difficult in your first year, uh, which well, is what we too, try and explain. Pe- yeah. People want to go to, to big Division One schools because that's it's also like their perception that, that that's the only place that they're going to get a proper college experience. Well, yeah. they're, they're unfamiliar with everything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's what that's what we see in terms of college life. So, yeah, yeah we, we we've got to go Division One. It's Division One or nothing. Well, yeah. look uh, again. Let, let's let's get into that. Yeah. So, 
if you just want to explain why it is very difficult to do or to, to get into an NCAA Division One school in, in your first year as a freshman. Well, look, the biggest hurdle is going to be costs. All right? That, that, that is, from the financial side, the cost is the biggest factor because Division One schools are very expensive. We're, we're talking about programs like the University of Texas, you know, $50,000 per year U.S. dollars, like $50,000 U.S. dollars per year. You're looking at big state institutions that are state-funded, have over 30,000 students, 20,000 students, whatever it is. Yeah. And again, the, the cost associated with attending one of those institutions is very dear. So look, the, the, the first hurdle is always, it's always cost. Like how, how can you make that opportunity affordable? Well, people always ask, yeah, what about a scholarship? Am I going to get a scholarship? Can I get a scholarship? How do I bring costs down? And I guess, as you mentioned just before, if you want a scholarship from one of these schools, you better be a national caliber athlete. You better be well, competing that's it. Like, on a national level. Right. So if, if you want a scholarship to one of the best schools in the United States, then what that means is that you need to be better than every single athlete yeah. in that program Pretty or much. be at the very, very least, comparable yep. to every single athlete on that program. Like, ask yourself, why do you deserve a scholarship over other athletes that, that have already come in, proven themselves, have been in, in that program for maybe two, three, four years? Who, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you coming from? Like, are you coming from your national camp? Are you coming from, you know, a, a, a professional development team? Or are you, like, what, what reason do you have to get a scholarship, other than the fact that you just want one. Yep. Because everybody wants one. Exactly. Of course. So, you know, again, that that is the, the biggest thing. And look, being that they're also, a lot of these Division One schools are state-funded institutions, you know, academic scholarship and, and, and things like that for, for international students are, are oftentimes harder to come by as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're not getting much academic aid for, for having, you know, phenomenal grades and you're not looking at, at getting much athletic scholarship because you're unproven, you haven't done anything in the U.S. yet, and they've got a team full of people who have, then, then you, you combine that to, to see that there's very little you know, financial relief mm-hmm. uh, that, that's being offered to you to help bring the costs of your education down. So, you know, again, unless you've got a budget that is endless and, and, and you're happy to, to say, yep, I, I want to be a walk-on, in my first year at a Division One program, which could leave anywhere from thirty, thirty-five, forty, sixty thousand dollars to pay in your first year to prove that you're worthy of a scholarship, then it's going to be tough. It's it's pretty expensive. It's going to be tough. The best thing that you can do is is go to a Division One roster and, and and look for other internationals. If you're looking at a top Division One roster, I'll, I'll use soccer as an example because that's. That's you know the sport that I coached and, and, and the sport that I play. But if you go to an international roster, let's say Clemson, yep, all right, one of the top soccer programs in the country, Clemson University in South Carolina, you go and they've got a ton of internationals on their roster. They, they probably have more internationals on that roster than most Division One programs. But what you need to then do is look at the bio of each each player. Tells you exactly it, t- where it tells you from, where they came from. Where they played. Exactly. It tells you where they came from before they went to Clemson. Uh, and it also tells you what sort of impact they've had while at Clemson. And, and when you see 
kids coming out of the Chelsea youth system, yep. Manchester United youth system, you know, the Paris Saint-Germain youth system, so, Ajax, like some of the, some of the best playing for their youth national team yeah, as well. Yeah, like. also playing, you know, playing for their U17, U18, U20 and U23 national team, compete in the Olympics. Yeah. Like that's the sort of resume that they're recruiting. Yeah. If, if they're not pulling a player in, if you want to go in in your first year, then that's that's the sort of player that you need to be. But also, when you look at their roster, you're going to see kids that, that showed that they went to another college before they went to Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know, so they started out at one school and they they were they were two time All American at another school and then transferred into, into Clemson. So basically, they got to the U.S. They proved themselves. Proved that they were one of the best athletes in the nation, mm-hmm. and then moved on to Clemson. All right, same goes for any school, any Division One program. You look at their roster; it, it'll, it'll tell you the, the type of athlete that they're looking for, and that's yeah. for any sport, not just soccer. So, yeah. um, go in and, and 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 look at those kind of things. And if you feel that you're a Division One caliber athlete, look at as many rosters as you can to try and figure out. Who's got similar credentials to yeah, you? Yeah. And, and that will tell you if you're a Division One athlete or yeah. not. If you're nowhere close, then you're not a Division One athlete. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. But I guess the most, or the, the sort of more difficult thing or hurdle that we were just talking about is, is definitely costs and making it affordable in your first year. Now, the next biggest hurdle for, for a Division One Division One prospect uh, is is academic eligibility, because if you haven't taken the right classes through throughout nine through twelve, uh, and, and you haven't got good enough grades in those classes, then you're not even eligible to compete in the NCAA to begin with. So that's you know that that's the other hurdle. I think look, there, there's only about you know of, of of all the athletes that we work with, there's there's probably maybe twenty percent out of out of out of all the kids that we send over on a yearly basis that are actually Division One eligible. You know, so it, I mean, in in that sense, it's it, it makes it tough, um, but look, you, you have to one. Like I said, you have to have all the right classes. You you have to have had good enough grades in those classes. You you also have to have a strong enough SAT score that matches your grade point average, and you have to be a good enough athlete. Yeah. So you've got all these things that 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 have to come together. Kids, mm-hmm. look, there's a lot of fantastic students out there, but a lot of times the kids that are the best students aren't always the best athletes. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. Like, if you got a kid that that is an unbelievable athlete that represents his country or her country, chances are, very little time does that individual also put equal effort into their academics for that to be able to match. And and in the U.S. system, both of those things have to be in unison. You you, you have to be not only a, a fantastic athlete, but you also need to have the right classes, the right grades. The right everything and and look like if if you don't then then that's okay like there's plenty of other high level places and and and, and plenty of other divisions or plenty of other schools a- across the entire scope of the U.S. system that are going to provide you with a, a great college experience yeah. like it, again it's not it's not just Division One mm-hmm. so but, let's go back to the, the main question or the topic of today then am I a Division a Division One athlete Matt. Well, Am I a Division One athlete? Look, you, you may be a Division One athlete. Exactly. You may be good enough, you know. But are you also academically eligible? Uh, if you are academically eligible and you are good enough, is that Division One program willing to give you enough money 
to make it affordable for you. And that's yeah. something that you can't control. Yeah, that comes down to the coach and your own sort of academic Yeah, you, you ability, might think that you're... Eligibility, yeah. Exactly. You might think that you're awesome. Your parents might think that you're, you, you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. But it's not up to your parents. It's not up to what you think about yourself. This is somebody on the other side of the world that, that, is, that is watching a video mm-hmm. of, you, of you playing your sport. Yeah. You know, they're, you, you, you haven't done anything in the U.S. yet. You know, you, you weren't a, a high school All-American in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're, you're playing in an unfamiliar system. You, you've got unfamiliar academic credentials. You didn't grow up in and around things like the SAT and, and, and planning your, 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 coll- you know, your high school coursework around college eligibility. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the end of all that, it, it's somebody else's opinion of how you're going to fit into their program. That's what determines if you're going to be a Division One athlete. Not you, yeah. not your grades, not everything. It, it's, it's having all of those things, but also the, the coach and, and the people who run that particular program looking at you and feeling that you are right for their program. Yeah. And, and, and them being able to give you enough money in scholarship, whether that be academic or athletic, to actually make that opportunity affordable for you and your family. And if that happens, fantastic. Like, we're on board with you. Let's, let's make that happen. If that doesn't happen, then we look elsewhere. And, yeah. and, and we're confident. And, and you, know, you, you can have an unbelievable college experience in any division, at any level, because it's, it's about where you fit. So Matt, if I if I can't get into the NCAA Division One straight away, or you know, in my first year, do I? Does it mean I just give up? Because I, I feel as though a lot of people just discredit the the NJCAA or the NAI or NCAA Division Two or Three just because it's it's unfamiliar and they don't really know about it. So, do I give up? Do I not go? What what sort of happens? No, don't give up. <laughs> don't 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 take anything away from from, from the value of this opportunity. And, and the value that this opportunity can can provide to you in in any division, like there there are, again I'll say it until I'm blue in the face there there are incredible institutions and high level sport in every single division. Now I guarantee that there are schools in the NAIA and and the, and all the junior college leagues, the NCAA Division three, the USCAA. So you, you didn't even know that division existed before I just <laughs> told you, I right, that. That there are teams where you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you couldn't play. Like they're, they're they're competing on a higher level than where you're at. That that is that is true across every single division. So just because something's unfamiliar doesn't mean that it's not going to give you a, a great experience. Yeah. Just because you may start in in another division or start at another school doesn't mean that that you can't make it to become a Division One athlete. Mm-hmm. But Division one, it's it, it's about proving yourself against the the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Like how, if you don't have those credentials going into college, then then how do you how can you get those credentials? Well, you prove yourself. You go to the states. You you yeah. you compete on U.S. soil in a competition with other college athletes that is that is familiar to every single collegiate program in the country, and and you prove that you are you know yes you're from another country, but you're there. And you're a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can not only compete at a very high level, but you can also maintain your grade point average. You can yeah. also pass your classes. You can also stay out of trouble. You can also, you, you know, you you really envelop what it means to be 
a college athlete, be a good citizen, you know, like all these these bits and pieces. It, it's not just about playing sport. There, there's there's a lot more to it, and and that character, and and that drive, and that determination. You you put that into any single division, and you can always progress to be a Division One athlete. But you but you know you got to go to a place that's going to give you that chance. That's going to be affordable. That's going to let you study what you want. That's going to allow you to 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 progress through both your education and your sport in, in, in a, at a level and, and in a field that, that is of interest that is also affordable for your family. That's, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Now, Jacob, I'll use you as an example, man. I recruited you. Yeah. All you right? I did. recruited you. Where, you know, where did you go? Were you a Division One athlete? No, I was not a Division One athlete, um, despite me thinking to myself that I was and mum and dad telling me that I was the greatest human being on earth. Uh, but i went to the njcaa first which is junior colleges which is what we spoke about now Now, tell tell them about tell them about the program that i ran the 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 junior college program that i ran i mean it unbelievable we we, tell them what did you experience when you came there well I'll, i'll take it back even further to when i was here in australia like i didn't have access to anything like the facilities that i had access to in the united states it was the facilities were ridiculous. The training schedule was crazy. You know, we had three different gyms on campus uh, that, that obviously were free for all student athletes to go to. Uh, we had massive coach buses that would take us to, to games and trainings. We had physios and athletic trainers' office with eight sort of physio beds with six staff there to take care of you. Um, we had an unbelievable training pitch and game pitch. All the equipment, like new balls, new training gear every year. And we were a junior college. We were a junior college, We were a junior college, by the way. Our locker room was huge with two ice baths. Like, I'm not talking about ice in a bin and you jump in the bin. Like, proper ice bath machine things that I'd never seen before. Yeah. (laughs) That were crazy. We had a a lounge. Yep. We we had video analysis. We had a ping pong table. We had a (laughs) pool table. We had all this stuff in our player lounge. Yep. And, yeah, like, I mean, and we're we're a two-year college. We were... We, you know, the the seven time best junior college athletic program in the country. Yeah. Um, but at the same token, like we're competing with with other programs that have all the same things as well. It's just it, it's unbelievable what what's available to to student athletes overseas that you don't yep. even actually realize. No, exactly. And yeah, nothing nothing like it back here in Australia. Um, and I'm sure ninety five percent of the kids here in Australia, New Zealand don't have access to facilities like this other than probably the the elite kids. Um, Anyways, I I then transferred to a school in the NAIA, very similar facilities except we had a a bigger locker room and our game field was immaculate. It was like carpet. The the grass was perfect, Uh, probably one of the best fields in in the state actually. But I guess you really need to understand that the facilities, the training schedules, everything is the same across all divisions as you just mentioned, uh, except maybe... Gridiron, where the top sort of gridiron schools yeah, have like, like iPads on their locker room doors and stuff. That's it. Like you, you see, look, some sports in the United States are taken to a different level. Yeah. Um, and, and those are the ones that a lot of people see on TV. That's what you see on ESPN. That's, yeah. you know, that's my, my Texas Longhorns packing 100,000 into their stadium <laughs> yeah. to watch an amateur football game. You know, like amateur Crazy. sport. Like, it's it's it, it's on a level that that you you can't understand. Also, you know, again, Division One basketball, 
I mean, they're, they're packing thirty, forty thousand into arenas for March Madness, and yeah. you know, again, it, it's a billion dollar industry in the states. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, just because you see great facilities like that at one place, doesn't mean that that's the only place that has facilities yeah. like that. Yeah. Literally, we're we're talking. You're going to see similarities in in, in facilities at, at every single school in every single division. The only thing that differs is is the size of those facilities. Like they're just as nice mm-hmm. from from division 1 to junior college. Like they they're just as nice. They 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 work the same. Um what what you see though is that they're why they're they're smaller and why they're different is because there's actually less athletes using them. Yeah. You know, again I'll, I'll use University of Texas as an example. Like 60,000 enrolled. Yeah. 60,000 students enrolled. That that's bigger than it's that's its own city. It's a city. Yeah. It is. Um but but again, their athletic program there's ten thousand athletes in their athletic program. Yeah, you know that. And and how do you house and and provide training and provide resources and everything to to ten thousand athletes? Well, you have massive facilities. Yeah, like massive. Yeah. Now compare that to our athletic program in Iowa Central. You know, we we had about maybe fifteen hundred athletes, mm-hmm. so they didn't need to be as big but but they were certainly just as nice yeah the, the all, our athletic trainers and and our, our equipment and everything was just as qualified mm-hmm. um we we were held to the same expectations from a, from a coaching standpoint in terms of qualifications and and things like that so like we're, we're just on a smaller scale and, and and that's what you see you know from from division one to division two division three the naia any division any school junior college university four-year college whatever it is if if they're competing at a collegiate level, facilities are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, the the commitment of the athletes is going to be awesome. The the competitive standards are going to be higher than what you see here on a, on a regular basis, a hundred percent. So so don't go through this this whole process thinking that the only thing that's going to work for you is Division One. Yeah. Because because I promise you, you're going to be massively disappointed mm-hmm. if if that's the only thing that you can comprehend. Yeah. And, and I promise you too, the people around you, you know, your coaches, your teachers, your the the the, the people who 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 are in your inner circle are, are are they're just like you. Like they can't definitively tell you any different because yeah. they don't know any different. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And and I don't blame you for for trusting the people around you. Yeah. But but you need to you need to honestly sit there and say, well, okay, well, how much experience do you have with with U.S. college sports? Oh, well, you know, not many or not much. But but probably division, what, but probably divi- what they've seen on TV. Yeah, and exactly. Seen probably, in what movies, what, what you can Google. Yeah. You know what you can Google, and 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 that's the thing. It, there, there's just so much more than what you can Google. Yeah. And there's so much more to a college experience than Division One. Yeah. Like, yes, you know what? Again, if you're a Division One athlete, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Go compete at a Division One program. But that's not to say that a kid that's not a Division One athlete can't have an even better experience at a Division Three school. And what I'll do as well in the show notes, I'll put... I'll put in some photos of the facilities that I had access to at Iowa Central and AIB, my second school, because um, if you look at that, you'll you'll definitely understand what we're talking about here. But look, if, well, here's if, here's another one too. I the the school that was voted to have the best facilities in the United States mm-hmm. was a, an NCAA Division three school called Kenyon College in Ohio, which we have a girl. We've we do we've got a field hockey girl playing hockey playing hockey there, but. I think it's about a fifteen million dollar 
indoor facility. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> but that's what you see, you know? Yeah. Like th- those those Division three schools, small private schools that have, they're, they're just pumping money into those schools. Like the best school academically as well in the world is a Division three. school. That's it. Like, you, exactly. People say, oh, Division three. there's not much happening there. Well, tell that to Caltech. <laughs> All right? The best the, academic the, school. Tell that to Kenya. Tell, tell the that best to, athletic facilities in the country. Tell that to MIT. Yeah. All right, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, that, that, one of the best schools in the country, Division Three. You know, I mean, again, you can't sit there. Oh, oh NYU, there's another one that people like. <laughs> yeah. New, New York University yeah. in Manhattan, yeah. Division Three. Yeah. Johns uh, Hopkins, <laughs> Division Three, <III>, except for <laughs> lacrosse. They'll play Division One lacrosse, but uh, yeah. um, we don't have any lacrosse kids. We don't have any lacrosse kids. But no. look, if, if you don't go to the NCAA Division One in your first year, don't. Don't panic. You can still get there if that's if that's the goal. Um, we have hundreds of guys and girls that go to a junior college first or NAIA or even Division two or three. They, they go over there, like we said, they prove themselves, they dominate, and then they transfer into a big school because it's affordable. Then they can receive that's enough right. scholarship to make it affordable. That's right. Like if if that big scholarship is is not given to you right from the start, then then you know what. There's plenty of other routes that are going to be affordable for you to allow this opportunity to be, uh, one, progressive from both an academic and an athletic perspective mm-hmm. uh, that will allow you to, to work through the, the goals that you have for yourself, both as, as an athlete and as a student. And I promise you, the, the, the way that the, school, the, the U.S. system is designed is, is to bring the best out of the athletes. If, if you prove yourself as one of the better athletes in the entire United States – through by competing at, at a college that's not in the NCAA Division One, you have every chance in the world to progress to a Division One school. Dom Dwyer did it. Jimmy Butler did it. Oh, Tyler, like there's so many professional athletes so that many. have done the same thing. They went so over, many. proved themselves first, and then transferred into a bigger school, and they're they're on the, the professional stage. Um, but look, adversely though, too, you you got you got a bunch of kids. Let's say that they make it to a Division One school. Yeah. They're one of the best, but they don't actually play. Yeah. Where do you think they go? <laughs> they they drop down to the top Division Two school. Yeah. Yeah. You know where they're going to play more, yeah. or you know. So like, it goes it goes every direction. But yeah. but again, don't make the mistake of thinking that that it's Division One or nothing. Because I promise you, you're going to be very very disappointed Definitely. if that's the way that you 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 go through this process. Yeah. There, there's so much more out there for you. And again, I could sit here. <laughs> Literally, Jacob, for, for hours, man. And I could talk about the, the experience that I've had, that you've had, the, all the kids that we've worked with, uh, kids that, that never stepped foot in the NCAA Division One, yeah. that have had the absolute time of their life. And, yeah. and, and that's where, you know, you, you, just have to, you just have to know that there's an opportunity out there for you. Yeah. If it's Division One, great. If it's not, then that's great, great. too. Great, <laughs> yeah. So we'll get back to the main question again. Are you a Division One athlete? Am I a Division One athlete? Look, you might be. You might be. And even if you're not a Division One student, or, or even if you are a Division One student, you, you may not be able to afford to go to a Division One yeah. school right away. Yeah. Because remember, the first hurdle is going to be cost. If somebody wants to give you a shot at Division One, but they don't want to give you any money to do it, then you better have a big budget. Yeah. yeah. You better have a big budget. Yeah. And, you know, again, not only do you need to be that kind of athlete and, and have a big budget, but you need to also have the right criteria and and meet the academic eligibility requirements yeah. so look the the first hurdle is always going to be money um so yeah i i think you very well could be a division one athlete and and 
like I said, if, if you go right away to a Division One program and it's affordable for you and it, and it works for you and you're involved. Right, we want that. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. But but if you don't, then understand that you can you can still get there. Yep. Uh, well, that's a pretty long episode, so we'll cut it there. But thanks for, for jumping on this week's podcast again. I'm sure you'll probably be back next week because... Um, Jacob, you always know where to find yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Directly I just, across I'm, from me. That's it. I, I, I'm at the desk two spots down from you, dude. So, um, <laughs> But no, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Love being on the podcast. Love sharing the information and experience that I've got, uh, as well as that of, of Jacob and, and, and the students that we work with. So um, stay positive. Keep working hard both in your sport and in your school. And I promise you that at the end of it all, you're going to be rewarded with a great opportunity regardless of what division it's in. All right, thank you, Matt. Hopefully everyone out there has learnt something new about the divisions or whether or not they're a Division One athlete or Division Two athlete or whatever it may be. Um, this is a really important episode, so hopefully you've taken some notes. Um, obviously, show notes will be available as well, so if you did miss anything, don't panic. Um, you'll be emailed the show notes. Like I said, I'll put in some, some images um, of my my two schools that, that I went to of the facilities and, and the, the training field, uh, game field, like, cause they're, they're really, really incredible. But, um, tune in next week. Uh, we'll, we'll have another really important topic to cover for you guys. Uh, feel free to send in any feedback. If you want a particular topic covered, um, definitely shoot us an email and we'll cover it. But thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, speak to you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.